0: I am here to talk to you today. Let me see if I can get this right. Here we go. So I'm here to talk to you today, and I want to talk to you today a little bit like a missionary. Now, a lot of times we have missionaries who come in, and they tell us about what's going on at their mission, and how they're doing, and what things have changed, and how you can help them, and all that kind of thing, right? So, so we do have missionaries. And I'll tell you that when I was a younger man, I prayed to get a calling to a mission. I had a good buddy who became a missionary in Honduras. And he and his wife and his two kids went to Honduras. And I thought that was so cool that God called him to do that. And I prayed, God, call me to do that. That would be so much fun. He never called. I never got the call. Well, I didn't think I got the call until one day when I was praying. God said, I have you right where I want you. And I noticed right after that, a string of people came to my office. I was a manager at that point in time. And a string of people came to my office who needed the experiences that I'd had, whose lives had been crushed by something, and it turns out that I actually had the same experience in my life and I was able to minister to them. So I kind of got a different idea in my mind about what a missionary is. And so I consider myself a missionary. I don't think you know that I'm on assignment in mission here from Illinois. Yeah, I'm one of them. (laughs) <laughs> I'm one of them fibs, right? But, now I know you all know what fib means, but it doesn't mean that here. Here it means friendly Illinois believers. Alright, all right? so when you hear people calling people from Illinois that, we're here to be friendly Illinois believers, right Illinois? Alright, so so we're going to change that word here. That means something different to us, right? Okay, so... Um, I wanted to t- treat this as a mission because it really feels like a mission because doing ministry in Woodruff, Wisconsin is very different from doing ministry in Naperville, Illinois, where I came from. Naperville, Illinois, if you don't know that town, it's a very, it's, if you read the, I don't remember what magazine it is that says Naperville is the best place to live in the United States. It's a beautiful community. It's a growing community. And we came from there. I worked for Bell Laboratories, which, was head, which was, had a facility there in Naperville. And so that's how we got to Naperville. But then we came here to Woodruff, Wisconsin, and I found that doing ministry in Woodruff, Wisconsin feels a lot like being in a missionary. We went to Honduras a couple of times. Kathy's been more times than I've been. And it feels different. It feels very different, like the understanding of what a third-world country is. I now understand what a third-world country actually means. And so being in Woodruff feels a little different to me than being in, in Naperville, Illinois. And some of the things that are different and, and make it difficult to do ministry here is there's a lot of people that are here that are only here a couple of weeks of the year. They come here for a couple of weeks. I have some cousins and, and, sister and sister and cousins, and they only come here for a couple of weeks a year, but they consider this where they grew up, and so do I. This is kind of where I grew up, over over more by Eagle River. But, so there's people that are only here a couple of weeks a year. So how do you have a ministry with people that are only here a couple weeks out of the year? You do the best you can. You connect the best you can, right? But you you just do the best that you can. So there there are people who only live here. They have houses here, but they only live here all summer. They're here from maybe October, you know, from October until uh, springtime, May. They're gone. They're in some other part of the country. And so they might be able to connect with us now since COVID. You can connect with us online, but... It's, it's kind of difficult to do ministry here. And the hardest thing, I think, the, the two hardest things are, it's hard to program ministry here with all of that going on. Like, let's say, if you ask Ernie about his, his small group class that he holds on Wednesday evenings, if you ask him how many people attend your small group, what do you think he would say? It depends. It depends on the week. It depends on the weather. It it depends on all kinds of things. So it's really hard to plan things in that kind of an environment. Our uh, Sunday school. Today, we don't have a teacher. So we don't have any Sunday school. So it's hard to plan things. If you think about the way you'd like to plan ministry, it's really, really hard to plan ministry in this space. And it's also hard to budget in this space. (laughs) All of our bills, we pay all of our bills in January. Guess when our lowest giving time is? January, right? And, and then during the summer it goes up and then towards the end of the year and then in December it goes up because we have a lot of end of year giving. So it's hard to get a, like a cash flow. Our expenses are big in the beginning and then they go very flat, you know, basically consistent. You pay the rent, you pay the salaries, you pay the insurance and that's most of our expenses, right? And so it's hard to budget and plan in that kind of an environment. So this feels a lot like a mission to me and I feel like God has called me into this mission and I've been on the, the elder board now for five years. And um, I've learned an awful lot about this mission. And so I felt like I would try to share with you what I know. Many people don't know the story of Eagle Brook, and so I'm going to tell that a little bit. Some of you know a little bit of it. I don't know if you all know all of it. And so I'm going to try and share some of that with you as well. Um, I did not start my affiliation. Kathy and I had this discussion even this morning about trying to remember when we came to Eagle Brook. I said 2012, but I'm not sure that's right. It was around then sometime. It was after we were no longer in the gym. We didn't start here until after we were in this building. So I've been here since since around then. So this is supposed to be a discussion. I didn't want to make this the ratio. Uh, and so I decided to take the question and answer approach. I'm not going to have them run around with a microphone. What I'm going to try and do is repeat what you ask as a question. So if you can make it short, my memory is also short. So... <laughs> If you if you could just just ask answer questions or provide your input to the questions, I want to kind of know how did you end up here. If you ever want to know a good story, ask Kathy about the story of how we ended up here. We ran into somebody walking into a restaurant for a fish fry on a Friday night, started talking to this guy, and by the time the evening was over, he recommended that we try Eaglebrook, and so we did. So and and there's it's a whole lot more surreptitiousness, God incidents about that story. Than than what I just told you. But it's a a good story. How did you end up here? Anybody got a good story about how you ended up here? Andy. Good, that's a good story. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, Buzz and I are good buddies. I can talk to him like that. Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 any any anybody got a good story about why Eagle Brook? Why did why did you pull into this? But yeah, Mary. wonderful. Thanks, Mary. Sorry for people who are listening online. I know it's probably hard for you to hear these. Allison. (laughs) Very very good. That's a good story. Thanks, Allison. All right. Uh, Thank you very much for that participation. Kathy, I'm wondering if maybe we wanted to try and get a microphone. I don't know how, how. Yeah, I think that's probably not a bad idea. Buzz, can you can you patch one in for us? So I want to tell you a little bit about our history. and And I know there are probably people here who have been here longer than I have. So Andy, I know you have. And I know there's some others here. Mary, you've been here longer than we have. Carol's been here longer than we have. So so if I don't know the history or I make a mistake, please don't hesitate to, to help me get it right because I've, I've only told the story a couple of times. And there's a lot more detail in here than I think we've told in the past. And so I want to try and make sure to get it right. But this is one of the reasons that I wanted to have this message here today. And I know there's a lot of people who are here for maybe for the first time or people who don't come here normally. I would like for you to hear, and I thought about this, it's like, oh, it's Labor Day weekend. I, I don't know if I can do this. And I thought, well, you know what? it's probably good for all of us to kind of know what our story is. And so this is the story of this missionary church that I call Eagle Brook. And back in 2004, so we've been around since 2004, there was a small group of people in town that decided they wanted to start a new church. Um, Most of the people that were in that group were a group that was affiliated with a pastor that was disenfranchised from the Evangelical Free Church across town. And so those group, that group and that pastor decided that they thought they might want to start a new church. The the funny thing was about that was the pastor didn't want to be a pastor anymore after that experience that he'd come from. And so he wasn't interested in being the pastor here. There were a lot of people that thought maybe he should be the pastor. He wasn't having any part of it. And so, as it were, in 2005, as Andy informed me, uh, we started what he likes to call church karaoke. And we called it Church Karaoke because?
1: We had no instruments. We had, I don't know, four of us from the church that, uh, that would lead worship um,
0: on DVDs, uh, DVDs. All right, so, so from those humble beginnings to today's humble offering, well, here we are, right? And so in 2005, they starting meeting at the Lakeland High School, and at that point in time, they didn't have a name. And they didn't have a pastor. All right. And so it wasn't until 2008 that Steve was called as a pastor and I believe by then the founding members had decided on a name uh, called a name of Eaglebrook and that was based on some meetings that the original uh, founders had with Elmbrook Church. Elmbrook Church helped us come up with our statement of faith. If you look at Elmbrook's statement of faith and our statement of faith, they're the same. They were fundamental in helping us get started And they've been along with us along the way As the years have gone by We kind of separated from them Not really separated But we really just didn't keep up that relationship And so now we're really working hard To try and bring that relationship back And I'll talk more about that later on in the talk So in 2008 Pastor Steve Rowe uh, Came here and was called as a pastor And uh, he had his work cut out for him Um, He 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 came here, and, and I think he came from a very different um, orientation than than an e free orientation, and so he found himself in some situations where um, things weren't exactly aligned. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a couple of bullet items. But in 2012, we founded uh, Eaglebrook. Found ourselves here in this building. I don't know if you know the story about this building, but this building used to be a Catholic church. I don't know if you can tell by the stained glass windows or the, the pulpit up in the front, and the chairs used to go this way, right? And the choir loft. And oh, by the way, there's a pipe organ up there. If you've never seen it, it's a beautiful pipe organ. I don't know if it still works, but it's up there. So this used to be a Catholic church. And this was the, the um, uh, recreation hall was next door where the funeral home is. So we, as a group, were looking at this building as a facility that we could use for, for to become Eagle Brook Inn. And we were looking at it and looking at it, but we were really concerned about the cost. We weren't really very big, really didn't have the, the resources to be able to take something like this on. And in the meantime, Jamie Nimsgern decided that he wanted to buy it as a funeral home. So he bought it as a funeral home, and one of the first things he did after he bought it as a funeral home was he called the people from Eaglebrook and found out and asked us if we were interested in renting it at a very reasonable price. And so that's the story of how we got in this building and we've been renting this building ever since. And I think that's one of the main reasons why we find ourselves in a a financial position where we're not underwater because we don't have a mortgage, okay? And so uh, after 2012 and in 2013, they added Arnie as a ministry assistant and he came on and does a lot of the same things that he's doing now except for he wasn't preaching. Um, And then in 2014, Arnie was ordained he was ordained by Eaglebrook Church, with input from Elmbrook Church, and went through a whole process, a whole testing process, and a whole review process, and he had to give give his whole dissertation and everything to the elders here at Eaglebrook. So in 2000, uh, he, in 2014, he was ordained, and then we called him as associate pastor in 2016. So a lot of this is fairly new, not too new, but fairly new let's take a look at the trouble what i call the trouble in paradise so because we were a spun off church from the efree church and arnie and steve were not efree pastors there were some disagreements about how things ought to be done here and the the founding members were fairly strong in their belief about how things ought to be done steve was fairly strong in his belief about how things ought to be done and so our spun-off history made for some significant disagreements. And if you hear the pastors talk about this, you hear them talk about having almost two different churches. There was one church that wanted to be E-free, and there was one church that wanted to not be E-free. And so it it became a a point of disagreement. And and a lot of these disagreements were about things that we consider non-essential. So um, things like end-times prophecy, and and how that all works out, and the rapture. and There's all these things that in most Christian circles— we talk about and we discuss and we have great arguments about, right? Well, there are some people that were in our leadership that felt that there was only one right answer. And if you didn't believe in that one right answer, then you were wrong and you should be gone. And so that was part of the reason why I think Eaglebrook didn't grow over the years because that disagreement existed there and it created some friction. And, so, and it was very well held below the surface. If you came here on a Sunday, you didn't know any of this, right? This was all held below the surface. And it was kind of a quiet thing. But you know what? I feel like we ought to put this out in the open because it's our history. And whether you like it or not, our history is our history. And, and you, you live with your history, and this is our history. And so we put that out there, and we're, we're just saying, you know what? We grew through that. We became a better church through that. And, um, but there were many in their congregation that felt very strongly about the right way. And so a lot of those people that felt strongly about the right way decided that they didn't like the way that the church was going, and they left. And so we were down to a fairly small number at that point in time. And it was a little bit scary to be on the the elder board at that time, right? Who knew what was going to happen? All these people that were really founding members left. And um, finally in 2018, when those disagreements came to a boil, there was a a fair number of people that left our our congregation. So following that, there was a fair amount of uncertainty among the elder board. It's like, what do we do now? Where are we going? So we, we took a step back and we said, you know let's take a look at who we are as a church, where we're going, and how, what maybe, maybe this is a time for us to think about what we want to become. And so we did that. Um, we started looking and trying to clarify what kind of a church we wanted to be. And to our surprise, when we looked at the kind of church that we wanted to be, we really pretty much were already that kind of a church. What it said on our paperwork and what we were doing seemed to agree very, very well. There was just this dissonance that was happening in our midst that now had removed itself. And so we found ourselves in a very interesting situation there about 2019. And that's when we came out with our new mission statement. Right? And you see it all over the place. Right? All of the three words that we hoped. Our mission statement before was a paragraph that nobody, if you asked anybody what our mission statement was, nobody could repeat it. Nobody knew what it was. Now our mission statement is kind of down to three words, and it's simplified so we can kind of all get around the idea that we're going to connect with each other. That's really important. Empower people, and then we're going to send them out into the world to do God's work. That's what we're here for. And whenever we look at anything as an older word, we always look at it in that light. Does this fit with what we're trying to do with these three things? And for almost every occurrence, it does. And when it doesn't, then we put it on the table and wait for later. So when we came up with our new... uh, Bylaws we separated the, the fundamental beliefs from the bylaws about what how we do business it was one of the first moves that we made and then we came up with a mission statement that was that that sort of era and then <laughs> the pandemic hit in about 2019 right and that put a big change in what we were doing we tried really hard to follow Oneida county and what they were telling us we could do as a church they said we couldn't get together to sing they said we couldn't we couldn't basically get together unless we were outside so what did we do we went outside but remember this is Woodruff Wisconsin <laughs> you can only worship outside for so very long and then you got to come back inside but that's what we did and I think we made it, made good of it I think we had a lot of people that walked by and saw what was going on here and were like oh that's interesting they're worshiping it's kind of cool and so we we made it well through the COVID era and and during that time it kind of put us into a holding pattern how do you really grow when you're in a situation where you can't even meet Right? So we, we did a couple of years. We're really weren't, weren't quite sure what was happening. We're trying to trying to move things forward, but it was tough. Um, but then, as we emerged from COVID, we noticed that some really interesting things were happening. One of the most interesting things that were happening is that all of the faces on the elders that disappeared, the elders and the, the, the founding members that disappeared, showed up very similar people with different faces on. It was really kind of cool to see what happened. That God called different people to be with us, and as I'm looking around the room, I see a lot of new faces. I see some faces that have been here a while, but I see a lot of new faces, and we're very, very grateful that God has called new people to be in our midst, and, and it's wonderful. So as we removed from COVID, we started thinking about ourselves as this almost feels like a new church, like we changed our mission, and our and we've changed our Elder board is a complete turnover from what it had been before. And we've got a lot of new faces. We've got a lot of new people doing things. Have you noticed that the worship team is a little bit different than it was in 2019? Yeah. We've had a lot of, a, a lot of new talent come into the, the worship team. And I think our worship team has wonderfully changed as a result of our new Eagle Brook. And so the craziest thing happened in 2022. We had our best financial year ever. It was not what we expected. We had a horrible year in 2021. We were deep in the hole in 2021, and we had some serious discussions about what do we cut and how do we do this and all that. Well, we, we did cut some things. One of the best stories that came out of all of that, we cut our ad, or our, our Steve's article in the newspaper. Did anybody read that article in the newspaper? Some people do. Some people have come here as a result of that article in the newspaper. Um, and we thought, well... You know, it's kind of lived its purpose. We don't really need it anymore. We'll take it out of the paper. And so we called the, the Lakeland Times and we told them that we weren't going to put the, the ad in the paper anymore. Within about three or four days, we got a call back from the Lakeland Times and they said, somebody's paid for the ad to be in the paper. You need to write the column again. And, and it wasn't anybody from Eaglebrook. It was people in the community that stood up and said, we want this to be in the paper. We use this article there were other churches that called and said they used Steve's article as their devotions on, in their weekly meetings. All kinds of stuff that we heard about what was going on with this article that was bearing fruit that we didn't know anything about. So we put that back in the budget in the, in the 2022 year. And uh, it, it, as it turned out, we had enough gifts to be able to make uh, uh, actually be ahead at the end of the year. And so that was a, a very wonderful financial year that we had. We never expected that. We thought these were going to be really, really tough years coming out of COVID trying to restart, trying to make things new. God had other plans and God God gave us a wonderful wonderful year in 2022. So I want to know from you, what do you think defines Eaglebrook today? Like when you think of Eaglebrook, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Why are you here? What did you what do you think of when you think of the words Eaglebrook? Anybody? Jennifer. Yeah. Family. So, you come here with all of your family? No. <laughs>
1: no I found a family
0: here. He found a family here. That's wonderful. Thank you. Anybody else got any? What do you think of when you think of Eaglebrook? Lizzie. Love. Love? Yeah, I, I feel very loved here, too. Thank you. Wayne, did you have some? Oh, you're just just waving at me. Hi, Wayne. <laughs> Carol's got something, Kathy. Oh, Ginny's got. relationship <laughs> relationship over religion what number is it
2: Mike three there you go. go
0: so relationship over religion and you've heard the pastors talk a lot about religion and not necessarily in a good way right there's a lot of people who kind of cringe when that happens right it's like but I but this is my religion but I think they talk about religion in a different sort of sense right where religion is like a dogmatic belief in something and it's relationship it's a relationship with Christ that we're all about absolutely right Open-minded, friendly, and accepting. Open-minded, friendly, and accepting. I can, I can agree with all of those. I think, I think we try really hard to do that. I don't know if you've heard Arnie talk about sitting at a broad table. One of the things that we try to do, and it's an image he's given me and it really works for me, is we try to set the table as wide as we can. And when we do that, um, we try to bring in all of the different discussions about all of the things that are in the Bible to discuss, right? How would you like to have a discussion about revelation? How many different interpretations do you think you'll get? How many people are in the room, right? It's it's crazy, right? So the Bible has a lot to talk about. We try to set the table wide so we can have those discussions. Alice and Bill? Yes. um, it's really two words and it's good people. Good people. you. I can't tell you how happy I was to see you here this morning with your nice little fuzzy haircut. <laughs> Looking good, girl. Thank you. Thanks for coming.
3: I'd like to Christ-centered good people.
0: Christ-centered good people. Thank you. Thanks very much. I kind of resonate with all those things. Andy?
1: Yeah, I can't do anything in one word. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, we
0: know. <laughs> but <laughs>
1: But... I want, I want to say mission. You know, since, since the end of COVID, w- with the new faces and the new people that we have here, we really have a mission-based group of people. And not, not things that the elder board or the pastors have set aside, but you've got people with a heart to do things. You've got people that have brought new missions like the Operation Christmas Child. I'm going to point out Jennifer over here single-handedly – um,
0: well, Lizzie re- helped, so. Well, yes, but
1: <laughs> rejuvenated that into a whole new mission that now we finally suddenly, we have to support that because of what has been done by one or two people with that. You've got people doing things for each other. You've, you've got someone with a heart for, um, for the snack table, and you've got people with a heart for the children's ministry, and you've got people with a heart in the worship team. And you've got volunteers that can stand up here when the pastors aren't here and can meet with the rest of us and, and do things together. And it's expanded where people are going out after church, and they might not be hanging out here, but they're going on motorcycle rides to someplace else, or they're going out for breakfast after, or they're going ice fishing after, or something else is always going on besides what is happening in this building. And it, it, is, it is our mission statement. It's connecting, it's empowering, and it's impacting.
0: Absolutely. That's and that's my point. one word. <laughs> mission. I got it. All right. Anybody else got something they'd love to say on this point? There'll be more.
3: I love the music and the words that, that touches me.
0: I, I all very much agree with you. I love the music that we sing here. Especially today. Did you like what we did today? Hey, Mary? Very good, very good. And Andy. Margaret.
3: God's faithfulness.
0: God's um, faithfulness?
2: Yeah. um, You know, because I've seen, like, um, people come and go. I've been here since uh, 2008. Um, It's Philippians 1, verse 6. He who begins a good work in you will complete it.
0: Absolutely. Amen. Thank you. Beautiful. Anybody else otherwise I'll move on i got I got lots I got way more than when i when i when I lecture at depaul University it was a three hour lecture, so don't let me get started <laughs> <laughs> The ultimate power sits in the back <laughs> all right so so the other thing that I've noticed since I've been on the the elder board is that the disagreements that I think that plagued us in our earlier years, aren't gone. Our uh, board meetings have been extremely civil and friendly and jovial and fun, and we all get along very nicely. Um, it's, it's an interesting group to be part of. Now, Carol might have a different opinion since she's the new person this year. Um, she came on our board uh, this year, and I felt like we welcomed her pretty well. Carol, if you have any comments. You're all right. All right. <laughs> that was unprompted, unsolicited input. Thank you. Um, But but the disagreements and the major major mayhem that was going on here has pretty much disappeared. And like I said, many new faces have begun to fill in where the old faces used to be. Andy, I think, is the only uh, member who's been around longer than all the rest of us are on the board. All the rest of us are fairly new to the congregation. Um, The other thing that I'm really excited about is our new members. And uh, we've held two new members classes this year so far. And it looks like we're going to have a fair number of new members. I don't know if that 10 is going to be the right number. Arnie and I had some disagreement about that number. But I'm hoping by the time it's all over, we have 10 new members who are going to be joining us this fall. And that is amazing. Uh, I think that's exactly what we needed was people to show up and to join in and to become part of what it is that we're trying to do here. We had a lot of discussion about whether we really even needed to have membership in this day and age, right? There's a lot of people that come to church that don't have membership, that don't... Become members in a church. It's like, why do I need to become a member? Well, so you can vote. Well, what if I don't want to vote? Well, okay. You know, how do you, how do you argue with that, right? It's, it's hard to have that discussion. But I think one of the things that comes with membership comes ownership. And, and ownership in not, not in, the, in a building, because we don't own the building. It's ownership in the church. And that, that message at, um, at the offering today, I hadn't seen before today. I'm going to accuse Arnie of doing the artwork. But he didn't. <laughs> um, but it was a fine message about who is the church, right? Because today I think we can see that the church isn't the pastors. The church is us. And so it's, it's really kind of cool to see what's happening here, to see the new members coming in. And we have pretty much now officially, on paper, moved from being a spinoff from the E-Free Church. See, what we wanted to do was be a better E-Free Church than the E-Free Church that was already here. That was the idea that, some of the people that founded this church had, was that we could, be, we could do it better. And now we're not doing that anymore. We're doing something very new and different. And so that's why I titled this message A New Eagle Brook, because we feel like we really are a New Eagle Brook, because um, we've moved from that spun-off E-Free Church uh, to basically reestablishing our Brooks roots. Our, our Brook Church roots go way back to the very beginning. They were fundamental, and we met with them in the very beginning. And like I said, our statement of faith is a Brook statement of faith, so we align with them very, very nicely. Steve and Arnie both align with them very nicely. Um, Steve met with uh, pastors from the, from the, from the Brook churches recently. I think it was week before last, might have been last week. But when he got off that, when he got, I met with him right after that. Arnie and I met with him right th- right after that, and I said, "So, Steve, how was it?" And he said, "It was like oxygen." It's like, I felt like I really breathe oxygen again for the first time in a long time. These are people that are talking like I'm talking. These are people that are thinking like I'm thinking. And I feel like I'm aligned with like-minded believers. And so we, we talked a little bit earlier about, about believers. Um, and I, I think we have actually come back to, to where we started. And I think it's a really, really good thing um, that we are establishing our book Roots Uh, Mike Moran was here, I don't know if you remember, a couple, three, four weeks ago, Mike Moran was here from from Elmbrook, he's the missions pastor from Elmbrook, and he came and spoke here a few weeks ago, I'm hoping we're able to do something like that again uh, sometime in the future. Um, so, So at this point in time, I'd like to, I think we have some people that are here today that have experience at a Brook Church, like have been to a Brook Church, or know what it's like to worship in a Brook Church, and I'd like to know more from you what that feels like and how it compares to what we do here. Anybody?
3: Um, I have a cabin up here, so when I'm up here, this is the church I attend. And I have a friend with me uh, this weekend. But um, we go to Brook Life in McGuanagoe, Wisconsin, which is an offshoot of Elbrook. It's a much larger church, obviously, and we have two services and everything. But um, I love this church, and I love the preaching here and it is a very warm and inviting church. So, yeah. Thank you. Uh, I grew up at Elmbrook Church. Um, when I We moved to Wisconsin when I was nine years old, and my mom had prayed that we would find a, a church and led us to Elmbrook. And I don't know how many of you know much about the history of Elmbrook, but Stuart and Jill Briscoe were really the, I mean, the church was in, um, they were already meeting, but then called Jill and Stuart Briscoe, and that's when um, it kind of became Elmbrook and started to grow, and they were able to plant many different churches. But um, in August, it was a year that Stuart passed away, and Uh, Last September, uh, right after he had died, the family was looking for somebody to stay with Jill because she didn't want to be alone in the evenings. And I had just lost my job, and, and so the Lord just opened up that opportunity because they were good friends of our family. So I had the wonderful privilege of being able to stay with Jill in the evening so she wasn't home alone. And every evening I would hear all the wonderful stories of how God um, used her and Stuart um, in their ministry, not only at Elmbrook, but around the world. And one of the stories that I think you will really appreciate is when they were called. Um, It wasn't a a, um, easy transition. They had some obstacles. And uh, Jill's part of her ministry before coming to America, because they're both from um, England, they ministered to kids on the street. And so when they came here, it was still their vision that they would encourage street kids to come to the church. And the church at that time was like, we don't want those kids coming in. (laughs) So there was some tension there and some questioning like, well, are these really the, is this really the pastor that we want for our church, you know? And she told me a story about how they were having a a meeting with the elders, and it looked as though they were going to say, you know, we want you out of here, and... She went into the bathroom and was crying and just like, Lord, I can't do this. And there was another woman um, who she knew very well, and and that woman said, Jill, yes, you can. You're going to go back out there, and you're going to, you know, face the situation. Well, by the time Jill came back out, everybody was praying, and God had done some kind of change in the hearts of the leadership and they really embraced Jill and Stewart at that time. And so I just thought that was such a neat story of God working and and, you know, it's part of your history how there can be that division and tension, but God uses it, you know, in in great ways. And so I also go to you know, Brook Life now and, and that has um, just helped be the foundation of my spiritual growth. Um, you know, being able to hear Stewart all those years and really preaching from the Word, and and now at Brook Life as well. Great, so wonderful. I'm happy to be here, and thank you for being so friendly and welcoming.
0: Thank you very much for sharing that. That's awesome. Great, great story. Thank you. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to do the three-hour thing, I promise. Um, so so the point I really was hoping to make in this missions talk was that there are new life, there is new life in our ministries and in our members. I think we all kind of can feel it. And so we kind of began looking at ourselves as a uh, a new church. Um, we, we aren't really a church that started way back when. We're really a church that just kind of started recently. Because I think we're we're on a new path, and I think we've got a new thought of what we're we're here to do, and I think um, a lot of the disagreements that we've had in the past have disappeared. I wanted to point out that Carol Warden is serving as a a member of our elder board. Previously, uh, women were not allowed in leadership here, and now women are allowed in leadership. That is very consistent with what the Brook Churches do. and um, So, uh, the way that we came to that conclusion is we, we had a series uh, that was preached on what the Bible has to say about women in leadership. And so it, it talks about the 1st the Timothy part of, of the Bible that talks about what the qualifications of an elder are and what, all that, that that an elder needs to be a man. In the Jewish tradition, if you look at where uh, Paul got a lot of what is in Timothy, it, it, it's what the Jews did, it's what his Jewish heritage told him to do. But we also talked a lot about the evidence of women in leadership. In Jesus' church, in, in the followers that were following Jesus that led him to the cross, there were so many women that had part in those ministries that it's hard to ignore that. And so we, we wrestled with that, and we decided that the right thing to do was what Jesus did. And so we have women in our leadership now. And, and I really applaud Carol for stepping forward. There were a couple of other names that we called to called upon to, to consider taking it out. Like, I don't want to be the first one. And Carol was brave enough to step into that role, and I applaud you, Carol, for, for doing it. I know you did. I know that that's not possible to not feel like that. So thank you for stepping up. So anybody got any comments? I'm, this is going to have to be short. We're quarter after 11 now. What's Eaglebrook doing right, and what can we do better?
2: As long as you threw my name up on yeah. the screen. Um, I, I struggled with that, too, and I was very, very grateful that was it Arnie and Steve? Or you and Arnie did the series on that about no digging in biblically and what that says? And I remember going to my mom and because I I grew up going to church my whole life. I've always felt the presence of God with me, and I'm very grateful for that. And that was, but it was still more of a the traditional setting where where I grew up. And I went to my mom and I was like you know, here's what's on the plate, and she was like, I don't know if that's biblical, Carol. And so, and I respect her thoughts on things, sure. so we went back and forth with this, and she went to her pastor and talked to him about it, and she ended up sending me this article, and I was ex- I was expecting a certain, you know, message in it, and it wasn't that at all, and it was, it was, Short and sweet, but it was laying out how there are people in the world you know there are situations that happen where a woman in that role can really be more comfortable for some situations, or you know if it 's um, another person struggling with something that is something you can relate to because you have the same experiences in life as a woman and I was really, really surprised to get this from her, and I felt like God did some work there in both of our hearts to examine what's really out there and where we play a role in leadership and in service as different people in the church. So I'm really grateful for the opportunity.
0: Wonderful. Thanks, Carol. You're doing a great job, by the way. Thank you. All right. Um, anything we could that we're doing right or we could be doing better? If you think of something, send me an email or call me. My phone number's on the back of the bulletin. So, I wanted to talk before I end a little bit about where we're headed. All right. So, our visioning team is still meeting. We took the summer off, but we'll start again in the fall. It's fall, I guess we're going to start soon. Um, but we've been meeting kind of since 2019. And um, this is the same team that, well, has a couple of different faces on the team for, for the most part. we. Uh, define the mission statement and modify the Constitution and change the bylaws and um, we've spent hours and hours where we might talk about where we might find ourselves in the future um, at this point we've pretty much decided that a building isn't really required I mean if you look around we're quite not near capacity and if we were at capacity and running out of capacity then we might start talking about maybe doing a second service before even we'd start talking about maybe moving to a new building and I know there's people that, that think that if a a church doesn't have a building. It kind of doesn't have a foundation. But I think this this church has a fine foundation, and our foundation is Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter where we worship. It matters what's in our heart and what's being offered is worship to God. And so we're pretty much set on the idea that we're not going to build a building until we have a need to build a building and take on that debt. One of the other things that you have to do when you have a building is you have to take care of it and finding enough people to do all the things that need. I mean, we, we feel the crew of Rose Bodecker to do the cleaning every week, Um, and there's people that come and help, right? I know, Craig, you've been involved in some of that. And so thank you for the people that are doing that, but building a church home isn't really anything that we're looking at doing in the near future. Um, I don't know if you've seen the ad in the newspaper, but we recently identified ourselves in the newspaper as your Brook Church in the Northwoods. How many of you saw that? I, I wouldn't have seen it if somebody hadn't pointed it out to me but I'm very glad that we started doing that and look for us to do more of that going forward. Um, I mentioned that Steve had met, re- met recently with the other Brook pastors and what a wonderful experience that was for him. So our future is bright. I'm I'm really excited about what's happening here. I don't know if I can pass on that and make that contagious to you about what's happening here, but we pretty much got ourselves a brand new church and it is exciting to be involved in a brand new church. And so... You could you consider yourselves members of a new missionary church in Woodruff, Wisconsin. Um, right now, what we're really talking about and what we're going to start talking about in our, our visioning meetings coming up here in September October, um, we're, we're looking around at our facilities and our practice. So one of the reasons I was asking the questions about how are we doing and what can we do better is we're looking for input on that. So if you didn't think of it today or you didn't want to talk on the microphone or whatever, if you have something... You can send that to any of us. So Buzz is an elder. Andy's an elder. I'm an elder. I don't know if any of the rest of them are here. Carol, Carol's sorry. You all knew Carol was an elder. Sorry. She's sitting right in front of me. And I can't see her. But if you have, if you have anything that you would like, um, please send it to our attention or send it to Arnie or Steve.
3: Or if you're here next week, you can talk to one of them next week.
0: Or even after the service today. Yes. Thank you, Kathy. So we're look, taking a look at our, our resources. One of the funny things that happened, Steve and Ernie and I were having a meeting in Steve's office. And, and uh, Steve was like, well, let's go take a look. So we walked out of Steve's office and we walked in the place where people first get to know Eagle Brook. Look at what you see when you walk in our door. It's kind of a cluttered mess, right? I mean, all the things that you're supposed to pick up off the table are hidden behind a, a, a thing in the way and the stairway is blocked by a bookcase and it's kind of a mess. And so we thought, well, our rent is supposed to have gone up in July. Maybe we'll take some of the money that we were going to give to Jamie for our increased rent, and we'll use some of it to do some things around here to kind of spiff things up. It's kind of dark in here. Maybe we should do something with the lighting. You know, we don't use the basement very much. Maybe we should do some things, all kinds of things, anything. Look around the building, take a look at the things. Maybe we need to take that music room and move that over here over by the stage over here somewhere and move that, open up that space right there in the opening so we have room for our coffee and our, our refreshments right there at the front door when you come in and right there at the front door when you go out. I don't know, all kinds of things. So anyway, we're looking at all, everything. We're, we're trying to, the idea is put on a fresh set of eyes like you're just moving into this building. What are the things that you think we ought to do? And then the other thing we want to make sure we focus on is practice. We have a church service every Sunday morning and the the band practices before the service, and we and then we have afterwards, and then we have a greeting time in the middle. Maybe that's not the right thing to do. Maybe we should have breakfast before service and we'll offer pancakes and sausage before breakfast, and maybe people would show up and listen to the band while they're practicing. I don't know, but that's the whole idea, right? Think about things that we're not doing that might make it more so we can do the things that are in our mission statement, right? So the, the first one really is about connect. And because we're new church, we don't all know each other as well as the old-timers knew each other, right? They were together, and they knew each other for years and years and years. We don't know each other. How many of you know what I did for a living? <laughs> she does. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I think it's important that we know each other that way, right? And so I think there's lots of things that we're doing to get connected with each other outside of these walls, and that's all great. And we want to keep doing that. I think... Jim Nicholson is very good about wanting to start new things. He wants to start an ice fishing club. He wants to start a, a campfire. He's got all kinds of great ideas, and he's bringing a lot of those ideas to the table. And so we are looking, that's one of the things we're looking at in our, our new adventure for this year. We're looking at what are the things that we should change? Like, look at all that. Like, they're way far away. And they're sitting in church pews, you know, and, and they like it, right? Right? So, so maybe there's some things we need to learn from from what we're doing. I don't know. There's lots of things that we can think about. I want you all to be thinking about that and bring in your ideas so you can help. I don't want to be the one that comes with all the ideas. If you, if you get those from a 69-year-old man, you're in trouble, right? Uh, we, we, need, we need lots of new, fresh ideas, so bring them, please. So uh, you should, I want you to keep an eye out for some coming changes uh, in this area that I was, just talked about. And I also wanted to remind you that on October the 1st, we're going to have a congregational meeting. Now, last year, when we, went to, when we presented the budget, people put, gave us the input that they didn't have any input into the budget. And that was a good point, right? I mean, the people are the ones who own the budget. The people are the ones who approve the budget. Why shouldn't the people be more involved in making the budget? So we decided we'd bring our budgeting process to the forefront and put it out in front of you, and have a discussion about what's going to be in the budget and what's not going to be in the budget in 2024. So we're having that meeting on October 1st. Now, remember, we used to have a mid-year meeting in, like, July. We moved it to September and then out into the first Sunday in October so that we would be closer to the budgeting cycle. We'd know how we're going to kind of end up on the year. We'll have the numbers from September. And so by that, hopefully by that October 1st meeting. Chris, if you're watching this, that's a new expectation that you don't usually have. Chris is our bookkeeper. Um, but we're going to have that meeting on the 1st, and we're going to try and draw up a budget now. Andy has already come up with a preliminary budget that the elders have looked at, so we kind of have an idea where it's going. But um, we'll have a, a brand-new one to present to you on the 1st of October, and uh, that should be exciting. I think i got a bunch more questions after this. yeah. So I'm not going to ask all these questions, but those are the questions that I thought I would use as filler, but I'm way over my time, so I'm going to let you go. Um, I would like to continue to encourage you. There's coffee and goodies over around the corner. You want to take a few minutes and just spend a couple of minutes, grab a cup of coffee, grab some goodies. A little conversation. I would love to see a little conversation, especially about what we talked about today. And I would like to thank you for putting up with me the third thing. Hang on. Hang on. What do you say? Oh, you want me to close in prayer? Why would we do that? <laughs> oh, we, ha- we we do. It's it's a good one. It's a good old hymn. Yeah, let's do let's do the the, the closing song and then are you going to close us in prayer? Sure. All right.